Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Where are you listening from today? Go ahead and hit the subscribe button right there. If you're at iTunes or Podchaser, please do leave a rating and a review as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Dickie Barrett of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They're back with a new record called While We're At It. We got to talk about the themes that went into the LP, as well as its lead single, Wonderful Day for a Race, and the human race that it's all about, as well as how the Boss Tones covering what the world needs now leading into this record sort of influenced the whole idea. We also get into the 25th anniversary of their major label debut, Don't Know How to Party, their cover of Tin Soldiers that was on there and how that sort of relates to everything that's happening today. And a little insight. Will there be 30th anniversary celebrations? Tune in. It's Kyle Meredith with the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Hey, Kyle. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Thank you. Where are you calling from? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Home of the Slugger. Home of the Slugger, the, um, the Derby, Derby, Muhammad Ali. Ah, yeah. You know, it's actually, it was Cassius Clay that left Louisville. And never really came back as Muhammad Ali. He he left Cassius Clay, became Ali out there. And he's buried here now, so I guess yeah. he did come back Ali. Oh, great. Yeah, he's buried, like, down by um, my house. So 
God, he was an amazing man. So, I imagine during his war protesting days, the state of Kentucky <laughs> was probably it was probably mixed feelings. I'm sure there was. Uh, in fact, it's only been recently in the last decade that, uh, and, and maybe because the, uh, we had a um, uh, a new mayor elected um, within that decade, but it took a long time for them to come to terms with uh, Hunter Thompson too. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't. I don't really know if I've come to terms with Hunter Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love reading every single thing he's ever written, it's, it's still it's 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 a, it's a nut that we may never a, a code we may never crack. Is Hunter S. Thompson? I think that he's he's uh, left it that way. No one fully understands him. Do you know that there's a uh, picture illustration of Muhammad Ali on our new album. Look at that. Well, not that it means the same thing, um, but uh, you know the single. If you drop that, like a, I think a week b- uh, earlier, we would have been able to use that for the Derby. This is a little oh, bit of a tie-in. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been good? That'd have been perfect. Oh, perfect. I wish I thought of that. First off, to compliment you on a record because I feel like I should. There's some Southern manners I should use right now to compliment you guys, uh, the Mighty Mighty Boston's, on being back again for another record, and it's a really fun record. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. I don't. I don't feel like we'd put it out. I mean, you can't wait as long as we have between records and then just kind of, you know, crap out something that sucks. So I think that's, you know, if you're gonna wait, that you can do one thing is you can you can put out a record really quickly after the last one, and and that and and the quality can suffer because of that. Or you, if you're gonna take the time that we took, then you better come up with something. And that's always sort of been our policy: is we'll, we'll take the exact amount of time that may, and we need to take to make exactly what we want to make. So right. what that's is... sort of what happened. And thank you, because I feel the same way. And often accused of being self-deprecating and and sort of negative towards myself and everything. But, you know, when, some, when I've done something well, like this album, then, pardon me, and get out of my way, I'm going to brag. And, <laughs> and I, th- I think it's a damn good record. What, is it, uh, what does it take to get the crew back together? Is it hard to get the crew all together for an album at this point? I mean, for any band that's been around it's for a easier. long time. Use your imagination. It's easier in the modern world to get guys together and to work together. It was when we first started and we were kids and, you know, with our resources being limited, even 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 if we lived in the same area code, you still had to be in the same room yeah. to, do, to do anything. And, and, you know, I mean, I've got recording equipment in my pocket that would, would rival the recording equipment we used for our first demo tape. And that was when we had to go to a studio to do that. So it's, it's, you can, if I have a thought, an lyrical thought with, with a melody attached to it, and I want to send it to Joe Gittleman, I can, I can do that in five seconds in the old days. You know, I'd have to go to his house and hope he was home because I couldn't text and find out. Maybe he's just not picking up his house phone. And uh, hope he was there, fire up his guitar, and then fire up the boombox, and then sing it into that, and whatever. It's, I mean, the modern day, as sad and as, and as, and as you know, romantic as guys being in the same room writing music together, as great as that sounds, and, as, and the products and whatever we came up with because of that being as good, it's a thousand times easier to, to write and record and to make music today. Now, is it as good? Uh, that's debatable. You know, and, you no, we've know, already I'm, said it's a good album. You know, that's that's already out there. We're we're both on the same page on yeah, that one. At well, there least, you go. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're not going to do another lap around. It's good, Park. <laughs> Look, dude, I'm Southern, but I'm not. I'm not going to kiss your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, as fun as the record is, uh, obviously you've always done that nice balance. You know, it's 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 you can dance to the music, you you can move around to the music, but there's always serious subjects. And and this one is it's a it's an it's a long hard look at America. But what's surprising is that it's, that it doesn't sound like you come out of it with your head down. Like there's still a lot of charge, optimism, fists up in the air. I can't be like that. That would that would be I you know that would be waving a white flag and and admitting defeat and I, and I and I don't I don't want to be like that. I don't want to admit that this is this is the end. And and at times it certainly can feel that way. And and days that are as hopeless and as desperate as any that I've I've lived through. But you know the truth of the matter is is that the, that there's tomorrow. And and as long as there's hope, there's hope. I mean, you guys uh, went into this record having covered. What the world needs now. Um, I think that came out what, yes. last year. I, I, did that? Was that coincidence, or did that sort of set the theme thematically for you? Can't you imagine, like when when Burt Bacharach wrote that song? He wrote those lyrics saying at that time, that that in that point in time, that that's what the world needed. So the feeling was was very much the same when when we said, "Hey, what is the statement and what is the message?" We were going into a throwdown, and and we were, the truth of the matter is, is we were we had done a a hometown throwdown and those are shows that we do in boston every year and for boston's fans and it's a pilgrimage for a lot of people who come to boston and, and it's you know right after christmas three shows and um to celebrate the boston's and boston's fans and everything that is our world and so we did a real kind of boston feeling throwdown the year before we put out what the world needs now and it was a tribute to the, the venue that we first, that we pretty much grew up in called the Rat in Boston. And we recreated what it looked like, and it's gone now. The Rat is gone now. And we had all bands that were like very Rat-centric and very Rat-like that were friends of ours, and they played with us. So having done that, we knew the next thing we wanted to kind of be more global and more about the one we invited bands from England, Japan, and all to do to do it. So... And to celebrate that, we've released what the world needs now, and it couldn't have been um, more appropriate or more sort of a statement, a better statement at that time than that. So I don't think that there's a time when it doesn't need love, you know, in, in this world. I, don't, I think it, at all times, somewhere, someone could use some love. You know, it's never a bad time for that song, I would say. And I love Burt Backrack too. I just I love the way he writes songs. It's, you know, call me corny. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Nothing corny about it. It's a classic. Everybody knows the words of that song. Everybody knows the words of that <laughs> yes. song. Yes. It's only frustrating that uh, you know he wrote it forty, fifty years ago, and and we're still having to sing it almost as a plea instead of a celebration. I, I think that's the frustrating <laughs> yeah. thing about that song. Uh, another thing that's interesting, and you can go well, you know, there's hope and and. Gosh, it's interesting that the Boston's are making this record right now, and it seems like weird sort of superhero ska seems to come around when we need it the most, whether it's the, that point in the 90s and, and uh, when things seemed fairly hopeless. And, and But the summer, you know, the English beat are putting out a new record. It's a record from a young ska band called The Interrupters coming out. There's uh, some friends of ours on the, on the West Coast, the Mad Caddies are putting out a record, and people are very excited about that. And um, we played a festival on, in Long Beach, California, and it was all Scott. It's Travis Barker of um, 
Blink-182 and, um, mm-hmm. among other things, put it together with, with uh, John Feldman from Goldfinger. And, and it was, there were, you know, 30,000 people came to this. And it was just Scott Band's Fishbone, the guys in Sublime, um, St. Ferris, uh, Less Than Jake. And you'd go, oh, you know, boy, that feels very kind of vintage and very sort of dated but it wasn't people were like oh gosh i just i just want to you know fuck everything and dance and uh enjoy the sunshine and the feel-good music and you know without you know lowering my um my iq and and, you know here's some good smart danceable music and and you know so i feel like this summer you know would be a, a nice time for us to go okay let's let's uh let's exhale a little bit let's mm. breathe easy and just try to enjoy ourselves and maybe when we come out the other side of it maybe things will be different and once again you know without hope then uh there's no hope well you know i was looking back at the uh just anniversary dates and history dates and thinking about what you're saying there and how it lines up because it's also what the 25th anniversary of don't know how to party major label debut and you had 10 soldiers, you'd covered 10 soldiers on there and the Iraq war was going on. And that seemed like that was the beginning of the mainstream acceptance of, of ska punk, you know, everything that you guys were doing. Similar hey, situations going on. Thanks for noticing that. I remember when that Iraq war traveling around as a you know young band and uh, before we put that record out and that, that's pretty much what inspired us doing it and you know stiff little fingers who wrote it wrote it about uh about the the under the turmoil that was that existed in northern ireland and and you know that that sort of thing and so yeah it felt right and we were we were you know eight guys in a van going holy shit the the shit has truly hit the fan right now and you know when you're listening to a war on the radio which is really strange like you could just actually hear the bombs and somebody going you know I'm now, you know, half a mile from where the, you know, and, and it's being reported on, and we're traveling to Lawrence, Kansas to play a punk rock show. It's real kind of uh, sobering and surreal at the same time. And so, you know, I, and I can remember it so clearly going, gosh, we should say something about this. And uh, that was the statement we made. And, you know, thanks to, once again, to high quality songwriters such as. The, the, the lads from Stiff Little Fingers. I mean, you uh, you still play that song in, in the live set too. Like that wasn't a song that went away. And <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. There always seems to be a war you can sing about. Um, I wish it was different. I wish it could be nostalgic. <laughs> right. This is about something that hasn't happened for a long time. Uh, hey, some of you younger kids don't remember something called war, but when I was a kid. There was an awful lot of it. I guess that's um, a little bit of the backstory on the on on the new single, you know, "Wonderful Day for a Race." It, it's sort of almost, you know, what makes it. Um, I don't, ironic's not the right word on this one. I'm sure you know what I'm getting to here, but uh, w- when you think of all that out there, and and here's that saying, "It's a wonderful day for a race." You know, of course, you're talking about the human one, and then you think of everything that we just talked about, and you're like, "Oh man, uh, I don't feel like that a lot of times." True. But I think that that's sort of the I think that that's sort of the grain of sand the, the the thing that you can kind of always hold on to, which is as long as you have yourself and as long as you have today, there's there's something you know that's it's a really good starting point. And I think that that you know I have I have myself I have today, and I think that that is wonderful. And and I think that you know if there's and you sew that together with 
it's not just me. There's a lot of other people that feel the same way. And then, you know, you, you can build from there. I think that it's a good starting point. It's also something that my dad used to say to me when I was a kid. And uh, he would get me every time. And I, I, cause I was a very dumb kid. And uh, who, who eventually grew up, to be, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to say that I grew up to be a very uh, dumb adult. <laughs> but as a, as a dumb boy, he used to go, to, and he was, uh, he was a very funny guy, and, and, and still is a very funny guy. And sharp-witted and constantly uh, just real kind of, if you talk about, you know, you fast-talking East Coasters, he was uh, generic. He was cardboard uh, cut out of the... All of that, and he would go. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful day for the race, right, kid? And then, of course, I would start searching my brain as you talk. Is, is today the marathon? Is uh Kentucky Derby? What what is he talking about? And and then I go, uh, you know, try to be quick with him. I go, what race? The human race. Just close my eyes to laugh, and it'd be gone. But uh, that was his sort of style and his joke, and I always kind of liked the expression and built off of that lyrically. Well, it's, it is done really well, and to follow along with sort of the playfulness of the verses of how it leads back to that every time. Well, that well, that's it. The verses kind of say we are just specs, but that's not bad, and it and it and it talks of of, of how insignificant we truly are, but we're we're really as as significant as we say we are. So so you know it it kind of it varies it, it, it vacillates between those kind of two ideas are are we something or are we nothing or does it matter are we something in the middle and does it really matter it's a wonderful day for the race and i'm talking about the human one so i'm overthinking my old lyrics but i spend so much time with them that i am well no this um the the album itself it, it uh as you said it, it sort of completes a trilogy the three records are a trilogy and people are and the, and the first one was Pinpoints and Gin Joints, and the second one was uh, The Magic of Youth, mm-hmm. and then now While We're At It. And and it's just because that's how I built them, and that's what they were in my head, and that's what I was thinking is going to be these three records that I'm making, and they're going to say what I want to say and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm feeling at the times that they're created. And it was I, I set out to do that at the very first one, and then... I, you know, I've had other conversations with other people asking me about, you know, well, I heard it's a trilogy. Why is it a trilogy? And I go, well, it just, it just is. And then, and then I had this discussion with uh, Gary, the publicist, and he couldn't get his brain around. I go, well, I'm going to send you the other two records again and, uh, and see if you can answer that. And I sent the records and I go, I go, now, is it a trilogy? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's definitely a trilogy. Just listening to the records was, uh, was what explained it. And I, 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 do a piss poor job of explaining it myself other than that it just is the point i was looking at here anyway was as a snapshot of america and it's america through your eyes and the world at large uh and and the stories within you know when it started versus to to when it is now i mean that's been about a decade with a lot of changes uh, right in, in the middle yeah and and sort of like what's been what's been the most noticeable changes in america over the course I think that it's obvious. I think we know the changes, and I don't really want to say it. You know, I mean, I think that I think that it's, it's been a decade. So, so figure out the math, and I think that you know the boss tones politics and what and and how, you know what we think and what we you know what we believe in. I think we've been doing that for so many years. So, I think it's it's uh, you know a, a roller coaster ride of of both good and bad. You know, and so but lent itself to this sort of 
artistic project at the same time, sadly, but realistically. Basically, what I'm saying is that I have the, the, the rare privilege to be able to, to express myself through words and music. And that's really sort of what I want to do. The things that I have to say, I get to say them on Boss Tones albums. And, and uh, so that's really what, it, you know, I want that to do the talking and not take anything away from it or add anything to it. I'll actually wrap it up here with, uh, with, with, with some lighter fare because I think it's next year is the 30th anniversary of the Boss Tones. Um, as far as your first re- uh, released record, anyway, goes, and I know there's some years before that where you're playing live, are you guys planning anything for that? Do you do anything for the big round anniversaries? We did. Uh, we, we went out on the road and we did Let's Face It, 20 year anniversary of that, and we played the album in its entirety in different marketplaces. I think we're going to do another one in Los Angeles. And so we do celebrate milestones and anniversaries and things like that for the band, but, but nothing consciously, you know, so it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where all of a sudden our fans will, will remind us and say, you know, it's this, and then, Oh, we should do something for that. But, you know, and uh, you've just given me a really good reminder on that one. So, uh, (laughs) you know, as soon as I, I'm finished talking with you. I'll call the other guys and go, hey, do you know it's our 30th anniversary? <laughs> with the exception of the few years that we just hung around Joe's basement. <laughs> well, <laughs> while you're at it, throw out on that it's the uh, 20th anniversary of the uh, Zig Zig Dance on Elmo Palooza. So uh, you can also is it celebrate really? that. Yeah, it is. 1998. 20 years ago, I worked with Elmo. That's right. Actually, we worked with uh, with the Count, the Zig Zag Dance, it was called, and then uh, the thing that really bums me out is, is that when we worked with the Count, he looked older than me. But now, you know, 20 years later, he hasn't aged a day. And I think that's partly, I think that's partly because he's a vampire, but I think it's also partly because he's a puppet. <laughs> that I'm, is an astute I now, observation. I older than, yes, I, I now look older than him, and it's, you know, so it's, I'm sort of irked by that. I feel like there's a dad joke in there, uh, yeah, about uh, counting the days <laughs> or something. But <laughs> one year, two years, you're fifty something years old, Nikki. Hey, that uh, that Elmo Palooza, that's a Grammy winning album right there. That's uh, that's something that proud to be a Grammy part of. Winning album, I think. I think all the puppets got at Grammys before us, but it does qualify me to say I'm a I'm a Grammy award winning artist. It's true. Count it. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and. Uh, uh, it's another thing that we've done that I'm, there's, there's zero shame. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed what it was. And the same thing could be said for our parents in Clueless. And it was like, oh, you're in Clueless. And, and it's a lot of people's favorite movie. And a lot of people liked us in that movie. And, and it gave us, a, it allowed us to pay both our taxes that we, at the time we were having tax problems and, and uh, allowed us to continue to tour because they, they paid us nicely, and and it didn't suck. And it was the Amy Heckling who made the uh, made the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So so you can't go wrong with that, really. That's classic, classic movie, classic scenes, and a great song on the soundtrack too. No, I'll, I'll co-sign on that. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> written in history. You don't need me, but I'll, I'll I'll put my name on that list. I feel like I do need you. I think I feel like after having talked to you now for, for you know the the amount of time we've spoken, I feel like. I, what I've learned, what I've gained from this is I actually do need you. Well, I, I never knew it. Yeah. I'm happy to be part of your life 
for at least 37 minutes, but uh, know that I'm out here listening. That's a, that's, that's a good enough for me because I have been a fan for a long, long time, and it has been more than an honor to get this time with you. I, I, I mean that. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for talking to me. Oh, thanks for talking to me. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys play these songs live. I'll be sure to ch- check out a show. And, uh, and, again, thanks for the music. Congratulations on this. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Take care. Bye. And thanks to Dickie Barrett for giving me the call. The new Mighty Mighty Boss Tones record is called While We're At It. You can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel. That's right. Go ahead and click that right now to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. Uh, For you podcast fans, head over to iTunes or Podchaser. Give us a rating or a review, uh, and especially anywhere you're listening from right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And then head over to WFPK.org, where you hear me do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.